Insights to Live By, the podcast, where we discover new pearls of wisdom to put into action and enrich the daily lives of others. Hello and welcome back for a special guest episode of Insights to Live By. I am your host, Matt Zinman, and today I hope you are ready for an identity shift. A lot of people talk about uh, positive thinking and hard work and all of what goes into success. But our guest today, among all other things, is going to be talking about our identity and the gaps that exist and how do we close those for ourselves. He is a former professional athlete, a high competitor as an American ninja warrior, a coach, keynote speaker, entrepreneur, CEO of Identity Shift, and an author of a book already, Trust Your Hustle, and a new one. It's going to be called Identity Shift. Anthony Trucks, welcome to the show. Hey, man. Appreciate you having me on here, Matt. I, I got to say, I was like, where do I start? I don't even know. <laughs> where, That's a great there's question. There's just so much. I, you know, learning about you pre-show and pre-pre-show. I'm like, well, I can't highlight everything. Where do I go? And I said, well, identity shift is where you are now. Yeah. So you're, you're, in the, uh, you're taking on the self-publishing journey again. Oh, yeah. I've done it before. I mean, it's actually, I like that journey better. I, I've had some, um, you know, publishing companies I've talked to in just different uh, areas, but it's like, I, I like the idea of having control over what happens with the book. Cause I'm also not trying to be an author like some people, and that's totally cool if they want to, but I, I want to have a book out that I can then leverage to be able to work with more people and reach more lives. Yeah, for sure. And it's interesting cause we were talking pre-show uh, about your book that's been out um, mm-hmm. and what you're going to do with this book and where you are with it. The other one's trust your hustle, by the way. Um, a life forged by fire is Mm -hmm. the subtitle and Anthony's like, well, I'm still working on the book identity shift. He's like, Mm -hmm. it's not like it's not going to get done. Of course you can bring it up. So now (laughs) that we're talking about it, you're hooked. Yeah. As if this was the one thing that you needed to be, to, to get you over the hump. Yeah. To talk, get you to the, that's gotta be what it is. That's awesome. So now you're doing a lot, you've been doing a lot of keynotes and I know you've Mm -hmm. uh, adapted to virtual keynotes. Yeah. How's that going? Man, virtual keynote, I actually like it a little bit more because I can be more interactive in the moment of speeches. I'll get me wrong. I love moving around, jumping, traveling. That stuff's cool. Uh, but when in the middle of like a, a, a training session, we'll call it, like I don't get the opportunity to fully interact till afterwards. And there's a line of a hundred people. I like a virtual because I can be in real time having people interact, ask questions that everybody gets to hear. Because I find that sometimes in like a line after a speech, same question will pop up six, seven times. But now it's like I can actually get that question and I can answer it to seven or eight people all at the same time. And so I, I enjoyed the, uh, the virtual and I don't got to travel. I mean, I like traveling, but I like being at home more <laughs> so I can right. genuinely go from my bed to some tea in my office to a virtual training to then back to my bed. Yeah, you know, and you have a young family, right? You've got uh, yeah. an older boy and a twin boy and girl. They just had a birthday. You were telling me. They, they just, yeah, Friday turned 11 years old. Yeah, uh, that's crazy, man. Yeah, they get big quick. Yes, they do. Yes, they do. Well, it's good, you know, because traveling and you never want to miss out on yeah. those special times. And so uh, you, t- you, you make the best of it all. And then I'm looking at most people are going to hear this on audio, but you've got this studio set up I'm seeing here. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. you know, you've got 
got neon. You've got this cool background. You got, you know, your, your uh, yeah. shelf of everything there. I'm like, I got to redecorate. <laughs> you know, so it's exactly how I felt. And that's why you see this now. Someone's yeah. like, you got to change that up, man. I just I decided to, to turn into a place because the things that I do, there, there's a high level of investment from individuals that I work with. I've got executives that work at literally the, the number two company in the world. Right. So like, I can't, I can't not be playing at a high level. So I just vastly did a rebrand of the entire company because I wanted to connect deeper to the people that come across me. But then the last thing that was missing was the visual live experience of working with me being branded. I was like, all right, let's go ahead and change it. It couldn't be just an office. It needs to be in line with the brand. So if you went to my website, you'd have a different or similar, sorry, similar feel to what you see on video now. Right. Yeah. And speaking of uh, performing at a high level, I, I entered, you know, there's so much to talk about with introducing you. I said former pro athlete, professional mm -hmm. football player, right? You played yeah. for uh, the, the Redskins, the Steelers, the Buccaneers, and yep. um, you were defensive back. Is that? Yeah, defensive back, linebacker. When I was in linebacker? college, I was, I was a linebacker, but I was the size of a defensive back okay. and then ended up uh, becoming a, a linebacker in the NFL too. So for those less familiar, you're, guy, you're the guy who sacks the quarterback. I'm the guy that sacks the quarterback, tackles guys, runs around, big, big muscles and fast, fast legs. Okay. Because, you know, it's like not everyone's familiar with every individual position in football, so we want to leave anybody hanging there. Yeah. And, you know, then later I, I, I saw um, – you know, you went a few years competing with the uh, American Ninja Warrior Three, doing those yeah. obstacle courses. Mm -hmm. I got to tell you, that was, that's, that's pretty impressive. It was pretty fun, man. My wife kind of like leaned me into that. We got, we were divorced and got remarried after three years divorced and high school sweethearts and everything. And then we're back in happy, amazing marriage now. But right when we kind of got back together, we had like moved to Costa Rica and then someone tried to kidnap our kids. So we shot back real quick and we were just bored doing nothing. And uh, next thing you know, she's like filling out this online thing in like October for me to be a, a contestant. Doesn't really tell me what it is. Send some things in, kind of alludes to it. And then I get a call like three months later, like, hey, you're on the show in 30 days. And I'm a 240 pound, six foot one former NFL linebacker. And I'm going against guys who are, you know, five, eight, a buck 80 is a big. Most of them are like 160 pounds. So like, I'm not cut out for this at all. But the producers like my personal story. Uh, and so I ended up going out and I'm now the first former NFL athlete to hit a buzzer on the show. It's amazing. I was watching you go through the obstacles. Of course, you're going to get knocked down the battering ram or the yeah, flying shelf grab or the spin hopper. <laughs> Any one of those are going to get you along the way. Yeah, those are but, difficult. Uh, had to feel good to hit the buzzer. Oh, I wasn't complaining at all, man. Totally. I mean, it was the first time I ever like, you know, cause I've done some TV show stuff. I'm actually flying out for a TV show tomorrow. Um, but it was like a cool one because it was one where my kids got to see. I think the idea I liked most was my wife and kids were got, like they were right there in eye range. Like usually in a football game, they're up in the stands. I don't know where they're at, but here it's like they're right there watching me compete. It's a really really cool feeling. And you know, it's not like you uh, came out of the NFL and then went right into this. This there were some no. years. This was like a decade later, right? Yeah, I broke Something my life first. Yeah, right, right, right. <laughs> so I tell people. Um, <laughs> Wow. Yeah. So, I mean, obviously it's not like you were already in shape. You just stayed in shape. I, well, to an extent I got out of shape and I got back into shape. So coming out of the NFL, I, I had a major identity crisis. That was, that's one of the big things that's part of who I am is like navigating crisis. It's just from being given away in a foster care growing up in an all white family, like identity has been a big thing for me. And so when I came out of football, I didn't know who I was. And I started on accident breaking my life, trying to find myself by digging into an area that 
I mean, like build the gym, you're going to be great. But then I neglect my wife. We had just had twins. So like she's at home with two newborns, which is not, not okay for anybody to do. Right. And dude, just was really not, uh, not dialing into growing up to be a, a real man, I would call it in a sense of my perspective of take care of your family, take care of bills, you know, make sure you're, you're, you're at home, like all those kind of things. Wasn't doing, lost the marriage, lost, you know, the family wasn't a good dad. Business was falling apart and I got out of shape, obviously stressed out, stress eating, not working out. And it's like doing anything. So yeah, man, I broke my life. Uh, at one point, wanted to take my life. Like it was a dark bottom, like a real dark bottom. Uh, but then like I, my mom passed away after a 17 year battle with, uh, with multiple sclerosis. And it kind of triggered me to start trying to find a way to live into a near, like a, a better level of potential. Cause she allowed me to not be a statistic as a foster kid. So I started trying chasing that. And then it was, a uh, 2016, like I'd figured the business thing out and I was making some money, but I was in the Playboy thing and I, I drifted away from my faith. I've always been a man of faith. I drifted away from it, you know, after the divorce, just kind of got lost. And then I woke up one day, 2016, and I was just ashamed of who I was, man. I was sitting next to this woman who I'd met when I went to Russia, who didn't even speak English, a purely lustful physical relationship. And you'd think like, oh, foreign ladies and he's, you know, cool, jet set. And like, no, man, that is not the life. Looks good on paper. Like in a movie, maybe, but that is not, it's like, it's just draining. And I realized like, I'm ashamed of me. Like, I don't like me. I would never want my kids to see me like this. Like my mom, oh my gosh, like my mom would be crying in heaven watching me. And my God would not let me into his house like this. So right. it was just snapping out and I adjusted a lot. I had an identity shift. The first that I would say was my more proactive one. It took me about nine, 10 months uh, of just navigating crazy, reading a ton of books and learning things. And then doing stuff that was super weird and out of, out of the comfort zone that I would never want to do, but it needed to be done. And then fast forward, man, I've, I fixed my marriage. My wife and I are now back together. I had some incredible growth from the two of us. My businesses are successful. I'm in shape. My present father, like I crossed some finish lines, how I explained to people. I don't think you should turn around and teach people how to run the race until you've crossed the finish line. Right. I, I, I need you to, I need someone to be able to tell me like, Hey, I'm taking this right. Or Hey, take that right. Take that left. Because I took that right. And then I, instead of taking a left, I should have taken it right. Tell me what you did wrong. Because you went back to the finish line, turn around and said, oh, I wouldn't have done that. Good thing I did that. I would have changed this. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like you make some of these adjustments over time. And so I started realizing like this was my gift. Like I'd done this identity thing in so many crazy areas, which is why I teach an overarching aspect. I could easily dig in and I could probably teach marriage counseling. I could probably teach how to parent. Like I could probably teach how to do business. But I was like, you know what? I'm not going to go minuscule. I want to go to the wider aspect of who is the person as the human being involved in all those. And if you can work on the person, the foundation, it affects the rest of the branches of the tree. Yeah. You know, it's definitely the authenticity of having been through the experience. There's no substitute for experience. No. You, you know, in, in how you grew up and then uh, going into the NFL and getting the scholarship uh, to, uh, uh, to, you know, take you through that, but then coming out of the NFL and having to pivot and, and then what you just described, you know, several major life ups and downs. And now you're, you know, you're where you want to be. And yeah. that's the perfect position to also be able to speak to others to show them how to do the same. So, uh, yeah. I'm, 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 you know, I know you're already very proud of yourself, but I'm proud of you. I'm very proud. Thank of you, man. It's I appreciate it. I'm taking all that. It's for a lot of years, man. I didn't, I think this is one thing people don't grasp. But when I grew up in foster care, I did not think I deserved much because my own mom was like, you're not good enough to be here. So she gave me and my siblings away. So I battled a lot of this imposter syndrome for a lot of years. Like, I don't, I'm not the guy that deserves that. 
I did not know how to take a, an uh, appreciation or a thank you, or I didn't know how to take, you know, positive feedback for a lot of years, man. So at this point in my life, I'm still learning like how to say thank you. I appreciate it because um, I genuinely do. But like, I just, I'm like, oh, I don't know if you should say thank you to me. I don't know. Like, it was weird. Right. <laughs> and at first, you almost, have to, you almost have to recognize, well, you're almost going through the motions. You go from this, you know, not saying thank you to a compliment because you're not quite there yeah. to when you start saying it, it's kind of like you're just, mm -hmm. right, almost like forcing yourself to smile. Now you're actually, you've got the genuine smile about it. Um, yeah. So let's talk about identity shift. And Let's your work it. with uh, helping people to, to you know, look back and, and see those gaps for themselves and you know, how do they align to uh, head towards success? It's not just about hard work and positive thinking. No, so no take, it's more than that. You tell, know, us, tell us what you think on that. Yeah, yeah. This, well, I think the interesting thing is always, I always give it this, this kind of preface. I think that people will wrap it into mindset and that's actually a problem it's it's if you think it's just a mindset you're setting yourself up for failure it's really it's a recipe for disaster because what happens a lot of people just start working on their mindset think this affirm this do this try this i got you know process and here's the thing that there were studies done actually multiple studies have been done on this uh, 2018 was the most recent one that I, I really love. It's uh, I think by Bing, if I'm not mistaken. And, uh, and what they do is they broke down. They said, I'm going to study some entrepreneurs. And I'm going to go and take a look at their mindset and see who's successful and why and what's the difference. What they found was those who had been given the tools and were doing the things for mindset, they'd never succeeded in relation to those who self-identified as an entrepreneur first. So if I'm saying an entrepreneur has a mindset like this, you start doing that. If you don't self-categorize, they call it, or self-identify as the entrepreneur, then you think you're an imposter the entire time. You sit back and you think like, I don't know why I'm doing this. It's not really me, like a firmness. All right, I am an amazing person. I can have someone buy my programs. That's how you'll think it. It's different than when you go like, I'm an amazing person. Someone should buy my programs because it's gonna change their life. Like I'm an entrepreneur. It's a different feel, right? So the first thing I preface all my conversations with is, please realize that mindset is a part of it but the only way for mindset to actually anchor and be a benefit is if you have uh, an anchored identity in that same area, period. And so I, the identity work is something where for me, I've, I've had a chance to look at my own life, studies, clients I've worked with that have had great results. And really it boils down to this, this aspect of we need to have more people understanding that's not about the things you do. The, the, the book that you read is not going to be the next thing that gives you a million dollars. It's not the online course you take. It'll give you structure. It'll give you information. The separation is, do you do anything with it? Like, are you the person that does the things the book says? Because a lot of people get information, but then they do nothing with it. And a lot of it's because, well, they procrastinate or they're scared of failure or, you know, they just, they'll, they'll make excuses to why they, they, there's some other outside factor they can't navigate. But when you meet people who is who they are to do that, none of those arise. And it's a lo and behold, this person's successful, like it's magic. And it's not magic. It's just who they are. It's an identity. So the identity shift work I do is I close the gap between the person that we are now and the person that has the things we want to have. Because if we were that person, we'd already have those things. It's just logic. It's simple. So when I go into the realm of this work, I teach people like, hey, first, let me get your ear and explain this to you. I don't care how successful you are. I've got clients that are working at literally the biggest companies in the world right now. and and it's interesting that these people you look on paper and say they're killing it, tons of money, tons of success. At the same time, there is another level that they want to achieve. Well, how do I get there? You'd be surprised. The root of it isn't the information they have. It's how are they showing up as human beings? 
What is their identity? How do they attach it to the things they do? They lose this confidence. And so you have to close this gap and you do it by making a shift. I'll give you the, the overarching aspect. I have what's called the shift method I created that walks people through this. Because really at the end of the day, I, I, anybody successful has done this. You've done this. I've done this. We may not know we did it. It might have taken us longer, but we all did this. I promise the person that was you, when you were unsuccessful, you'll be like, that's not who I am anymore. It's just not. I don't do things the same way. I don't think the same way. It's not, it's not who I was. Well, we got, how do we make that happen proactively instead of like hoping it happens through hard work? And so three stages, it's see, shift, sustain. The way that I explain to people is the shift aspect is where the, the real cool, tangible stuff happens. It's where I have clients that, you know, they make $85,000 in four weeks because of a, a switch in who they identified as and how they showed up in their sales process. Um, it's the clients who launch a program in six weeks and make 45 grand like Amy. Like these people I've had make f phenomenal change. I got a guy, Frank, who started with me. He sold a million dollar business. When we, got, when we got started together, he was only making like three grand a month after this. And it, a lot of it was, he's like, I, I don't know like, the thing inside me. I sold a million dollar business, made a million bucks. Like, but I feel like it was an accident. He didn't self-identify as a guy that deserved more. It's crazy. We work on things. Now he's making 35 grand a month, right? It's, it's not even a tactical. It's what he already knew, but fully applying it. And so the first thing is a lot of people, they will go right into the shift work. The shift is I'm doing the work to change. I'm going to start working out. I'm going to start reading books. Uh, I'm going to start, you know, doing the hard things. And we will do those hard things. But here's the kicker. A lot of people end up getting tired, climbing a ladder, it's leaned against a building to get to the top of the ladder and realize the ladder's leaned against the wrong building. It's like, oh, I did all this work and I'm so broke and I'm tired. Why don't I have anything to show for it? Well, here's why. You didn't do the first stage, which is the C stage. And there's a specific process you have to really go through. It's a three-tier process I typically do with my clients. But like, you gotta go through a process of extracting the real stuff that you gotta work on. And most of the time, it will come with some frustration, some pain, some shame. But when you really dig in and go, oh, damn, ah, all right, now I see that's what I got to work on. Now the work you do will actually start bringing you results. Right. It's like some tough self-love. That's part of it. Oh, there's more. I, uh, there's, there's three tiers. One tier is internal. Two tiers are external and those suck. <laughs> okay. But they're like, they're how you go outside of yourself to really find self-awareness. So I think there's, you can look at yourself a certain way, but it's just the one brain. I need other people that know me to see me and give me some feedback in a specific way. And it allows me to extract stuff and go, ah, all right. Okay. If seven people are saying this, that might be something to work on. I can yeah. keep battling it, refuting it. But that's essentially your ego protecting the negative part of what you've created for yourself. And the worst thing is we'll create these negative things or we'll, uh, we'll condone these negative things to protect this. But it's like, that's the bad part of you. You're protecting something that's keeping you locked in place. Gay Hendricks says, if you, if you fight for your limitations, you get to keep them. Like, so we do that. I've done that. You've done that. We've all done it. But if you don't know what's going on, it takes you longer to move past. And once we do that, then people do the shift work. They do it right. And then we have some amazing things happen. And sustained part for me is all about how do I sustain this trajectory? Because there are people who have success and sometimes on the way to the destination, they make a U-turn without even knowing it and they're back at square one. And so for me, it's really big on like, how do I get you to sustain the direction you're going, but also sustain the perspective of stretching yourself towards a higher level of potential. Like my mom passed of MS. She could not see her potential realized. Her body robbed her of it. 
And for me, it's like, I'm not going to go out not seeing what in the hell I could do, man. Like I'm going to squeeze every drip drop. That's why I do the, the, the football, the Ninja Warrior. And I'm speaking on stages and I'm coaching and I do videos. There's a bunch of content on me. I'm like, I'm just going to ah, see what God's got for me. And, and I want as many other human beings as I can <laughs> wrangle up and come along with me to get to their own version of their full potential by what I call making shift happen. Like, how do you make shift happen in your life? It's, it's a play on words, but it's like you have to make the shift to make shift happen. Yeah. I mean, who can ignore what those play on words in that way? Simple. I mean, it's yeah. simple. Yeah. You catch it. I think it's really interesting how, you know, I'm just going to rewind for a moment where, you know, you describe this about yourself and you say, well, who am I right now? And then you can think back yeah. to your past whenever that was and to say, I'm not that person anymore. Whoever that person was, you, know, you now know from where you are, you don't really identify with whatever that past part of you was. Now you are where you are and it's almost, let's do the opposite. Let's look ahead to, well, who, you know, what do you expect of yourself? Who do you want to be? All that, all that shift work really that you're describing, that C work. And then you were talking about the uh, 360 degree feedback, right? It sounds like you're reaching out to big people who it. know you and they're anonymously telling you what they think of you. Is that? Oh, it's not anonymous. Well, it can <laughs> it's be. It's not anonymous. Uh, if, if so, with my one-on-one clients that I do those, sometimes I'll pop on and I'll hold them. So it's, it can be anonymous and sometimes it'll be more open, but there's a specific strategy to how I hold those meetings, the exact questions you ask, what order you ask them, how you respond, when you respond, so much that goes into it. But at the back end, you get this really awesome detailed perspective of who you really are from multiple angles. And then it, it's like, kind of like I call it like, a, like, you know, you triangulate a cell phone for three towers. Sure. You'll find, like, you'll find these three towers and you'll be like, oh, I'm up in the mountains <laughs> or I'm in the swamps. You know, like you'll see where you're at. And it's, it's something I created through, uh, through me doing my own work. Because back when I was going through my stuff, man. Like my wife, she had an affair and a lot of it was due to the fact that I was just a horrible husband. I wasn't cheating on her or anything, but like I was, I was in that place where like I neglected everything about the marriage. I was 25 years old trying to build a business post football. I was broke. We had kids. Like she wasn't even trying to do anything to hurt me. Just, just want to find something to make herself feel better. Right. And so like part of what I had to do in my work and some people get this and some don't, but I realized, you know what, for me at a certain point I was, I was done with a three years divorce. It's like, I'm done with you. And then God came into her life and, and adjusted her heart in a vastly different way. And when we approached a conversation of possibly trying again, I realized like, well, you know, at the end of the day, 60 years from now, on a, a rocking chair, I would love to be sitting next to my wife, the one who I first married, the one who's a mother of all three of my kids. I would love that. And I don't know what it looks like to get there. No clue whatsoever. But I do know that if that's what I want, I got to find a way to do it. And so part of it was I got to figure out what are the things that I had as a part of this problem. And so what I did is went back and I started like having these super deep conversations with myself and other people and realized like, you know what? She made a bad choice. Never take that from her. But she didn't get to the point of even needing to make a choice by herself. And so I started having some like really interesting talks with her and then things that she never expected me to come to a thought of or even present, present which was, look, I had a fault in this. Like that never was, that's something I would never done. The guy I was before, it's all your fault, woman. Like, to right. come back and say, all right, it's probably mine. She's like, well, well, what? You know, like that, that was different. And it, it gelled us differently. And then if I even talked to the guy that she had an affair with that we knew, like I had these crazy conversations. I had conversations with people who had stolen thousands of dollars from me when I had my businesses and forgiven them. And it was a thing with it's the process of moving forward 
was a very slow, slow dig. And in doing a lot of these things, I realized like that's as much as it sucked for me, that's the work I had to do and everybody has to do. And I just started refining it. So I did my process, which is quick and dirty and random off the, that my clients started doing it. I'm like, oh, well, that's a better way to do that. Maybe we try this. And like, it was like a, you know, kind of like a melting pot, like a little guinea pig situation. But dude, I say people, I got people who are like brothers who hadn't talked in like 20 years, mend a relationship because when they were 12 years old, one of them did something that the other one got pissed at. And ever since 12 years old, he's hated his guts. Like, you know, through these little conversations we do. So I'm like, man, this thing works. And I love seeing it come to fruition for people. It's just the, the start, though. Like, that's just the beginning of going through identity shift is seeing what you got to work on. Well, I think what's important, I mean, everyone recognizes, well, maybe not everyone, but the hard work that what you just described, what that takes. And you didn't get caught up in the, the tactics of it. You really looked at your identity, the rocking yeah. chair scenario, yeah. that being your goal. And working yeah. backwards from that, that the rest was going to take what it was going to take, whatever mm -hmm. that is, in order to get Different. to that goal, right? And, yeah. and that got you there. You guys yeah. are back together. You're happy. You're, you know, your kids. Marriage is good. Kids are good. Business is good. Body's in shape. Like, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's just, it's kind of the stock market, man. It's like, if you think about it, you, you know, you want to get to the high point, but it's going to be like that. I call it the North Star. You're going to have to go up and down some mountains in the stock market, ups and downs and ups and downs, but it eventually ends up high just every time. So for me, I realized there's going to be a lot of things that I'm going to run into in order to get to that place. I'm going to have to do vastly different from what I feel like doing. I'm going to repeat this because this is one that I, people, you guys got to listen to this. In order to get to that place you want to get to, you have to do things that you are not used to doing that you don't feel like doing. And the problem is a lot of us have these feelings that run our lives. We don't operate off of what's right and wrong or what's obligation, what needs to get done regardless of how I feel. And so what happens is some days I wake up and I do it. Some days I wake up and I don't feel like doing it, so I don't do it. And if that's how you run your life, your life will run you. Right. Everybody else will take control. They'll say things that'll shut you down. They'll make you too happy. You'll make bad decisions with money. It's the people who have a clear picture of like, this is who I am. This is how I operate. This is my, I'm logically flowing here. I could have emotions. Let me be wrong. Have an emotion, but you can't operate off how you feel all the time. Plan out in a calm space what you know must get done how you will react to things. I call it the hard way, H-A-R-D, habits, actions, reactions, and drivers. Plan these things out for very specific aspects of life. And what you'll find is it takes out the emotional drive, which has this ruined moments that, that you can't get back. And then when you do that, all of a sudden it becomes now a new normal and you start operating differently. You're not operating emotionally. And even when you don't feel like doing it, you get it done. And then eventually it's like, oh, life is great. Like it seriously is, it's as much as it's, it can be super deep and, and convoluted. It's really not. I mean, it's, it's, I just guide people through my own way to make the process happen. But if you can find a way to dig into yourself and do it in your own, like it's really that simple, man. Know what's right and wrong, even if it doesn't feel right and wrong and just do that damn thing. Right. And I think as much as anyone can look to uh, do the identity work and inherently want to do the things they need to do, if nothing's going to change if they don't actually do change. something to, to change and take action. Any recommendations mm -hmm. in terms of how to keep that manageable, how to keep yourself encouraged and take those yeah. steps so that, right? What do you think? Oh, tons of them, man. Um, we'll get a coach. I'm a coach. If you want some help with this, reach out to me. <laughs> That's what I do for a living. But I mean, if, if you want to do it on your own, 
accountability is big, man. Having a group or, uh, you know, an individual, 80% of people who actually have an accountability partner reach their goals. It's, it's studies have shown them this multiple times over. And, uh, and what I find is like, that's the big piece of it. But staying on the path is there's the why that is the, uh, the, you know, how to explain it, the why of what I want to achieve. I think the problem with the why of what I want to achieve is if I don't feel like that, I want that thing anymore, I stop working for it. When I was a kid, I had a paper route and I, I wanted an $800 stereo system for my room. Pointless. It had like seven different decks in it, played CDs and records and tapes. I didn't need it. And I wanted this thing for about a month. After a while, like, I don't want that thing. So I stopped doing the things it would take to make the money to get that thing. And then later on, I wanted a nice bike. Guess what I didn't have? Money saved up. Because I stopped doing the things to save money to get this thing. So I had to reach out the process and I had this thing I wanted and I eventually achieved that. And that taught me a thing now that I reflect upon of the aspect of when I go towards doing the things that need to get done, it's like I, I'm not always driving towards achievement. I also have to realize I got to drive towards what's called the transformation. Here's two journeys, right? The first journey we're going down that we are always aware of is the one for achievement. I want to achieve this thing. And that usually gives us drive until it doesn't. And the one that I tell people the big thing is important is like the one you're really wanting to get is the, the transformation of being the person who just does those things. Because then that's how you become the person who has the things you want. I look at the movie Mighty Ducks. I love the movie Mighty Ducks, man. I was a high school football well, hey, player. Man. I mean, I'm a hockey player. Up. You know, you had me at Mighty. Yeah. yeah. There you go, man. Right? So back in the day, you had all these <laughs> kids that were these, these misfits that go in there and they're not looking to achieve anything. You got this, you know, Emilio Estevez coming in, random guy. You know, he's just coaching the team for whatever. What ends up happening is they do. They go and beat that team. It's an all black. The other guys across the pond, like they're just, you know, and they feel amazing. Achievement's great. Don't get me wrong. I got chills watching that part. But what the cool part was, what they always follow up with, which is reason Mighty Ducks 2, 3, 4, 5 all exist, is because of this. Emilio Estevez becomes a better man. You know, starts dating the, the kid's mom, I think. You know, the kid feels more confident. The chubby kid, it was the goalie. Goldberg, he's now popular. He's great. The kid that was the outcast and, the, you know, like damn near the bully. And he was like, you know, the, you know, vandalized and stuff. Like he's accepted and he's cool. The girl feels pretty. She feels awesome because, you know, there's this transformation of who they are that gives them confidence that you can't take away anymore. So it's easier to go to the next stage and the next stage and the next stage. And so when people are like, how, you ask, how do I stay motivated? You're not staying motivated by this thing that you want in the far side or this place you're running from. The motivation for me is like, you know what? I'm doing these things, not just because I want to get something, but I, I want to be someone. Right. Because when you are that someone, it's actually fairly easy to have success. I call it effortless effort. We've all got it. There's something that you do right now that feels effortless and it outputs at a high level. Like the podcast, you do this podcast. You right. do this thing, you could probably do this, no problem. But I bet if you sat down with somebody who's an aspiring podcast person, which I know you probably have, and you tell them everything, they go, oh, how do you do that? That's, man, Matt, man, that's a lot of stuff going on. Like, how, and, and so for them, it's an overwhelm. For you, it's like, oh, it's just my Tuesday morning, man. What are you, what are you talking about? Right. When, and that happens by doing what we're doing to go past the hardship. It's like lifting weights. It is heavy in the beginning. Then it gets you stronger muscle. Now it's your warm up and you can move on to heavier weights. So well, it's really sorry. simplest way is just work at it. You know, a lot of it does come down to the guests. I have to admit, Anthony. So thank mm. you. Mm. I appreciate you right now. But you got to get them on. <laughs> Do you know yes, how many emails you sent? You, you sent me an email. Yeah. Then you sent me a text message. Then you sent me a, an Insta, a, a LinkedIn link like to get all this stuff done. Not everybody does that. No. And not everybody, everybody's, I'm not on everybody's podcast, right? There's certain things. But for you, hey, no problem. Because you, you have confidence that this is going to be a good recording and do good right. things. But there's confidence because it's, it's who you are. But right. the guy and girl are just starting out. They're like, oh, I already asked, but he didn't respond. 
he must not want to come on. I must not be good enough. And it trickles downhill, right? But the separation between you and them is your identity is like, no, 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 it's going to be good. Let me keep talking to this guy. It's different. Yeah. Well, we had people in common for sure, but you almost sound like you're describing like, oh man, this guy's not going to leave me alone. I'm just There's no other way but through. Let's get on this show. No. And, nah. Well, here's the thing though. I think that that's, there's a negative connotation to that. And I think if you think about it, it's weird to most people. That's a weird thing that keep bothering me. Well, the weird guys have the good things. The weird girls have the good things, but weird is what it's, what's abnormal. Normal in our society sucks because 53% of people, they don't like their life or their jobs. Like it's weird. So I am the abnormal because I do. Right. And so when I see you doing that, in my word, I'm like, this person is, is still at it. The only reason they are is because they believe in it. And I like people who believe in something. So I'm fine. I don't, I don't get bothered. Like, I'm like, hey, cool, man. Keep pinging me. Because if you are that kind of guy, you can go out there and do it. Since I know so many people don't, let's go to work. Yeah. I did want you on, Anthony. I, I, I didn't make that a secret for sure. And yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm uh, you know, it's obvious why. And, you know, we're going to uh, come up to our insights to live by. I mean, you've, you've talked about so much. I, I have to imagine that some of what you've talked about goes in there. I hope, I think you probably saved some for the segment. Yeah, I saved a lot. But You'd be, be surprised. I'm not so sure. But uh, if we, before we get into insights to live by uh, in terms of what you think uh, in that mm-hmm. regard, I'd like to get just a few more insights about you. And I'm showing you the screen here. I'm not sure if you're aware, but we have the... Yeah insights about spin. anthony trucks did you know about this segment this comes as i didn't class. and i'm loving that this exists right now so let's let's right. go to work we're spinning let's see what it says spin it says famous oh pet famous encounter just famous went over pet he went to famous encounter so you know you were nfl you know we, we can't yeah, go yeah. there it's got to be it's got to be something else now famous encounter i will I don't tell even you know if I'm anybody famous the format of this is well maybe they're having an identity shift okay and they're future famous because could be because they believe that in terms yeah, of yeah. self-belief I'm with that but uh you can go to you can go to pet peeve if you want but whatever question you you do answer no other guest ever gets the same question you you own it so oh, i own it yeah all right go, so you can go pet peeve or you can go, famous go pet peeve because i don't have i don't have met anybody famous that would be kind of pointless no, uh famous. my pet peeve is people chewing with their mouths open ah why that? It could be anything. I don't know, bro. It's, it drives <laughs> me insane. My, my kid does it. My son. Okay. It's like, I don't know. I seriously, it's the weirdest. I feel like it's, it's like the most like daft thing. You're completely uh, unaware of people around you. Like I'm eating. I do not want to hear your mouth eating also. So. Right. Well, it could have gone anywhere and, and that's where it went. So we're going to, someone else went. will have a, a famous encounter, but we're not going to know it about anyone else's pet peeves. We do this three right. times. Three times. So, bro, we got, we got two more two for you. Let's see what we've got. It landed on, this has never been on the wheel before, but when right. in a bad mood, question mark. What do you do? I don't picture you no. as a guy too often in bad mood, but what do you do when you are? <laughs> I'm not. I'm not in a bad in mood. Ba- what what do I do in it? bad moods, I, uh, I get quiet. I'm in a bad mood. I, I'm really, uh, I'm, I just think, I don't want anybody to have a bad feeling from me, family included. So my wife and I, when we fight, I'm in a bad mood. I just get quiet, man. I'd rather not, you know, spew hate or anger. And so I'm gonna, and I actually get more of a, I turn it into like trying to find comedy. So I laugh at stuff. I'm in a bad mood. I'm like, I don't, I don't like feeling that way. I don't discount what's going on, but I'm like, this is one, I'm just, I'm gonna keep it to myself. I'll be quiet. But then two, if I'm out in public, people do crazy stuff. I just, I laugh. And I, I'm like, man, these people are nuts. Let's go home. <laughs> like, that's just kind of how I laugh it off. But yeah, in a bad mood, I, I'm not the guy that flies off the handle. 
my kids sometimes can get get under my skin. And I may once or twice get a little loud with them. Right. Besides that bad mood, you know, I just kind of just keep quiet, man. Yeah, and then you watch comedy, and then it's not long, and you I do you're out of it, and then you let it go. You leave it behind. I do something. Yeah, I'm an action guy. I take an action because I, I tell people all the time, action and suffering. So if I'm in a bad mood, I do something. I move. I move something. I create something. I call people. I borrow joy from people. But yeah, so I, I mean, who wants to stay in a bad mood? Not me, man. I don't do it yeah. at all. You'd be surprised. I mean, too many people do. So I'm glad this came yeah, up. It's, it's a reminder. Don't, don't do that. All right, one yeah. more time. Let's do it. Music genre. Music genre. My favorite music genre is like a non techno electronic music. Really? What would be some of the artists that. Odessa. Odessa's one I listen to. Who was another? It was all some people that I listened to. What's her name? Oh, I can't think. I'm looking for playlist recommendations with this question. Funny how you you can't think of things once you actually start uh, (laughs) start trying to think of like the music in them. So my library, if I go to here, so I've got Shalou and Colin, the XX cassette tapes, Valis Alps, they're pretty good. Rosalia, Anouk, how many people are? That's just yeah. It's It's like you like the music more than you have to know the artist. I'm kind of the same way. Like you yeah, Modesa. This Shafi's reverse good. question, I'd, I'd be in the same, same place. Yeah. All right. You know what it is? Because I like listening to stuff that doesn't have a bunch of words, but it's not classical music. It helps my brain focus. Right. It's more of a kind of a mood setter? You can call it a mood setter because there's activity. It's a, it's a good beats per minute. There's a tempo to it, but it's not like, uh, it's not stuff that makes you feel a certain way. Like, mother F, yo, mom. Like, right, I'm not like that. Right, right, right. Uh, yeah. My son's yeah, a little that's, bit that's more in that, that range of the spectrum. So, Right. Right. Well, I'm going to check those out for sure. I don't like I don't like the electronica stuff either. I'm totally with you. Oh yeah, yeah. I'm not in the techno. Techno's kind of weird. Nah. T- too. Uh, I don't know. Too fake. Too too manufactured. In terms of yeah. Well, you know, they they take other people's music and do stuff with it, and that's fine. I'm not against it. I mean, it's just I'm, the techno is. Uh, it's not my my kind of. Yeah. I don't know. It's not my cup of tea to be doing that. Yeah, you beat me to it. All right, so. We're going to go to Insights to Live By, and we talk usually either one, two, or three. Um, I'm pretty sure you're, uh, I have at least three kind of guy. So would that be accurate? I would say. Yeah. Okay. So you're going to save the one, the, you know, the main one, the, the you know, kind yeah. of like final thought one for third. Okay. All right. What would be your first insight to live by? That you first insight to live by is uh, you got to own your shift first insight and own your shift is is what it sounds like own your stuff there's three words to it those three words have a different meaning one is own own there's something you got to work on like there's something that's got to be done that you don't want to focus on own it because uh, if you give yourself a chance to own it you can actually give yourself permission to improve it your which means even if it's not your fault it's your responsibility to work on it you yours alone like there's a lot of things that happened to me as a kid foster care and i can easily blame it on them but they're not going to come fix my life nobody is right. so it's my yeah. responsibility to work on ant to move past it and then shift do the actual work like shift perspectives and mindset if it needs to be done and how you operate your reactions you got to shift a lot of stuff so that you can then put work into shifting and changing your life that's the first one yeah i'm spot on right and you know a lot of people do have those hang ups and look we all come through whatever dysfunctions and you get to the point in life where you know, you want more and mm-hmm. that doesn't happen by itself. And it's certainly not going to happen by assigning blame. And, mm-hmm. you know, the first is to, is to own it, own your own shift. It. Always is, man. Uh, I, I like it. It's perfect. Beautiful. Uh, n- numero uh, two. 
Numero two. Uh, it's, it's actually this, I got this neon sign up here. It says makeshift happen. I'm going to keep it in the same vein because it's all it's the work I do. And it actually is how I, that's why I do the work I do, right? It wouldn't make sense to talk about something I don't do, but I'm really big on making shift happen. So we talk about the shift part of it, but like, I think there's this thing where you, people don't want to go big and try big things and do cool stuff. But like, you got to make that stuff happen because that's the best part of life. I think life, I don't know the meaning of it, but I know for me, the experiences are what life's you know, comprised of, like good experiences and bad experiences. I want to have more good ones than bad ones. I want to make some cool things happen. Now, I'm not a guy that's like, go big or go home. I'm like, go small in a really big way. Like do the small things consistently, a big way, right? But at the same time, I got to make shift happen. Like I got to get some things done. And then it starts with every day making shift happen. So every day, it's a process consistently of doing the things I don't feel like doing that makes something great happen later on. So the second one I would tell people is you got to focus on making shift happen in your life. Well, I think it takes on greater meaning, uh, especially now in the sense that, you know, for one, it's easy to blink and have days go by and weeks yeah. and months and just be in this pattern where you never really do get to experience, uh, you know, true joy of, of mm -hmm. you know, making, making shift happen. And it's even more difficult for a lot of people who are out of their structure, uh, you know, can't ignore COVID here and people mm -hmm. who are trying to find their way uh, to have that. And so yeah. it sounds like, you know, what, what you're describing here is even the, that much more of an important prescription for yeah, people. Yeah, for sure. Is. Any recommendations? Mm -hmm. You know, we're under you know, whatever people might be under certain restrictions, they're a little bit more limited, the things that they can do to make shift happen in mm -hmm. their lives to experience yeah, first dream at full speed is what i tell people uh, that's one of the it's not one of my life lessons i got one more for you there but uh but one is like start dreaming first at full speed i mean you think about like uh, a, a metaphor guy picture yourself in a drop top ferrari cherry red going on the desert you know street just wide open no other cars going full speed pedal to the floor 120 miles an hour you're just rolling hearts beating like ah feels good and then imagine all of a sudden there's a road like a roadblock or a speed bump i gotta like slow down and dun dun go over it and then speed back up or it got turned right it sucks because then what happens it's not exciting anymore and i find that a lot of people live their life like this with dreams they get these dreams if i could do this and it's heartbeats amazing and all of a sudden i'm like yeah but i don't have any money don't don't i don't know anybody don't don't right. what if they laugh at me and it's just slowing down they don't they don't dream at full speed they start throwing these things that don't even exist yet they don't right. even exist they're copping out and they're putting obstacles in their own way yeah, man, stop doing that. Like, just start dreaming at full speed. Get a big idea and then go. Like, that's for me the big piece because once that idea is, is anchored enough for you to viscerally feel it, to like visualize it like it's real, you'd be surprised at how subconsciously your body starts doing things to make it come to fruition. This backdrop, you see, this was not written down anywhere. I literally thought of this in my head and then I just had a picture in my head and I built it. It's exactly what it looked like in my head. I kid you not. And I told my wife what it was going to look like, told my people like, all right, cool. And then I just made it. I ordered everything because I could picture it. I work really well that way. It's probably why I teach this stuff. But like, that's, that's what it was. Like, I want to have something cool. And I picture it in my brain. And once it's there, everything else is just a matter of just, it almost like kind of floats together. Like you ever seen uh, like the, like the term, Transformers, like the, the machine gets thrown apart that everything kind of pulls like magic back together. Terminator 2, right. you like get spread out and pulls. Like that's how it all comes together for me. And that's just how I tell people that's really kind of what it boils down to. I like it. Yeah, I mean, it is cool, Anthony, I have to say. And I'm trying to make an identity so, shift to think of myself having that cool of a background. Yeah, is, am, I, am I still cool? Like if I have Hell to yeah, try cool. hard, 
Is that yep. still cool? I thought cool. Yeah. It'd be truly cool. You just are basically. Yeah. You'd be all cool, right. bro. Don't, don't trip. Don't question it. All right. I'm okay. I'm all right. Thank you. Good save. All right. Number three. Uh, number three. <laughs> yeah. There's a quote that I live by. There are two types of people in this world. Those that work and those that watch them at work. Make sure you bow for your audience. I like it. Work, baby. That's it. I mean, that's all I, I mean, yeah, there's, no it's not that there's nothing to it. It's just you work. There's a lot of things you can figure out and you can learn, but the part of it is there's like multiple levels to work or investment. I can invest the money into getting that thing and then I get shelf esteem put on the shelf. I feel good, right? But then it's like the person who succeeds, the person who got that same book and read the book and then started doing all that stuff. And then all of a sudden they are succeeding while everybody else watches them and then points at them and points fingers and laughs and what are you doing? You know what? I don't care. When it's all said and done, you're going to watch me grime. You're going to watch me grow. And then I'm about for you. I love it. Yeah. You know, your concepts uh, and uh, you know, they're, they're to put into action are so rich and I, and I love how you anchor them with the expressions to remember them uh, in this way. You're the, like the perfect guest for insights to live by. Sometimes man, I maybe should, today's I should the day. increase this to like eight or nine. I know I could keep you, you could keep going. I've heard <laughs> them throughout. I'm like, there wasn't only three really. You heard them throughout the entire show. <laughs> um, Anthony, uh, I'd love to, I, I want to hear more about, uh, in addition to your book, you know, what's next for yeah. you, but I'd love mm -hmm. to go back to the wheel one more time. Yeah. And, uh, in this, in this to the wheel. one, yeah, to the wheel. If for whatever reason you don't want to answer a question, you can pass this one to me. I don't pass. Oh, I've been waiting for this question to be landed on uh -huh. forever. And here it is. All right. Do you believe in luck? No. Ah. I don't believe in luck, man. You didn't even I, hesitate. All right, well, now you have well, to explain. I, well, I think, well, as a man of faith, I don't think that luck exists. I think there's a, a right. really amazing plan for our lives. And I think that, unfortunately, we are given free will to botch it up. And so this is where, like, you know, fear comes in and anxiety comes in and questioning things or imposter syndrome. So the plan that was set out for us, we just keep messing it up a lot. And so for me, it's like, that's the thing where I don't think luck exists. And people call it preparation for opportunity. I get that part of it, too. But, um, but for me, man, I just, I feel like there's this thing where people call luck something where when the stars have aligned, which they're always aligned, you just, you miss them by moments and you just lean into it. All of a sudden you have success and they call it luck. Now the lottery is different. I don't think the lottery is luck. I think it's just a sheer fact of odds. Somebody has to win, right? Like, right. like it may feel like luck to you. You just chose the right numbers in a weird succession. That's why the odds are so super slim. So I don't know, man. For me, I don't think luck exists. I think it's this thing where there's a, a predetermined way we're supposed to do things. And if we don't botch it, we do great. And I think luck is when, you know, at the same time, it's also like when you just show up every day in, in the way that you know is going to get you the best outcome consistently in ways that other people won't. I think luck is a way for people who are unsuccessful to make sense of your success sometimes. Interesting. And I have to say, I, I, I did get an assist on this particular question. I was on a podcast. I was being interviewed and they have a format. And this, this interviewer asks this question of every single guest. Yeah. And I said no as well. And there he's like, go. wow. He's like, hardly anyone says no. So that puts mm. you and I in that Hey, category. kindred. Kindred. I, I basically, in short, I said, well, I, I don't, I think that what, you know, what happens for you, it happens as a result of intention and being intentional mm -hmm. is, is not about luck. So you described it quite the same way. Anthony, how can people find you? What, what's next for you? Uh, man, what's next for me is I'm going to go hang out with my wife and kids and check out a car for my niece. Cause my aunt's trying to get her one. 
Uh, oh, you mean like in life and business? Yes, in life. Whatever you'd like <laughs> yeah, to share, yeah, yeah. this is your moment. This is your Man, moment. I mean, I, 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 what's left for me in the future is me continuing to do the work I do in the world. There is a very specific thing that was put on my heart. And I asked this question in my podcast to a lot of people. I say, what promise did God make to the world when he created you? And it's one that every, every guest gets, and I love the different answers. And nobody ever asked me, and I'm not saying you're asking me, but I'm going to tell you the answer anyways, because <laughs> it, it changes. I think my, my purpose, the promise God gave to the world through me, was that I was going to be a living, breathing example uh, of how to do the hard things easier and, and live life in a way that is enjoyable, regardless of what happens to you. Because I've had a lot of craziness happen, we didn't even get into, and I love to live in a really out-of-the-box way that's not crazy, but it's just beyond the scopes of most people's comfort zone, we'll call it. And that's my thing, my promise. So when you ask what I'm gonna keep doing, like I'm gonna continue to do that, but I never do these things just for me. I always do them to be able to say, hey, I figured this out, I tried this, I learned this, like here's the torch. Because when people follow me, they're not following Anthony Trucks. They're following the belief I have in the fact that you can make shift happen in your life. That's the torch I pass on an identity shift. You're gonna learn how to do that so you can create that. So that's what I do in my speeches. That's what I do in my online content I post, what I do in my coaching programs. It's teaching people how to start the process towards really attaining their most ambitious desires like as quickly as this month because you start the process towards something that can change everything by simply making that shift. So I'm going to be the one passing the torch and keeping it lit for the identity shift concept as the world starts to embrace it more and more. That's fantastic. I, you know, and there's one more quote that I saw of yours I really like, which is, you are who you are when you're not thinking about who oh, you yeah. are. Who you are. It's yeah. actually true. It's scientifically right. true. There's a part of your brain called the default mode network. It's, it's uh, in your brain. And it's what happens is that actually scientists study this. They'll light it up. And they found that when, whenever it's lit up, it's when you're daydreaming and you're just in the flow of just who you are. You're watching things. You're thinking things. You're, you're seeing stuff. This, this is who you are. It's the, it's the visions. It's the dreams. It's the, um, the judgments. It's everything. It's whatever it is who you are. It's floating there. The moment that I go, hey, Matt, who are you? that shuts down and you start going to a different part of your brain and starts telling people what you've done or what you've accomplished. It's why it's so hard for people when they say, well, who are you? You're like, uh, I'm Anthony. Uh, you know, we don't even know because it turned off and it's hard to put that into words. And so literally scientifically, if you think about your identity, which is housed in that network that shuts down when you start thinking about it, you essentially are who you are when you're not thinking about who you are and you're just being. That's great. It got me thinking. I was like, am I still thinking about who I am? And I was like, no, yeah. I am who I am. I know who I am now, right? I don't have yeah, that. That's I'm, weird. Not, I'm not thinking about it anymore. No, you're, it's I, like I, trying I, to really catch air. Catch air. And where can people find you? What, what site would they? Uh, yeah, best place is Instagram, Matt and Anthony Trucks. Or if you go to my website, anthonytrucks.com, best place to find me is there. Wonderful. Anthony, thank you so much for being my guest. Very You're an amazing man. coach as well. Anybody who's thank looking you. for that identity shift among all else, looking for a great coach, reach out to Anthony. Um, we have to talk afterwards as well. Thank you again. Yeah. Welcome. Hope you enjoyed this episode of Insights to Live By. Be sure to connect with me on Instagram and Twitter at Matthew Zinman and join our community at InsightsToLiveBy.com. Wishing you and yours an enriching day, and we'll see you next time.